The following is a CA original. The mighty sound of the South. Tailgating on Tiger Lane. Time three at the Liberty Bowl. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast with Mark Giannato and Jeff Calkins. How's it going, Tiger football fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Tiger Football Podcast. Uh, I'm Mark Giannato. We are joining you on signing day of the early signing period, the first ever college football early signing period. And we've got a special guest on this edition, uh, Jonah Jordan of Go Tigers uh, 247. Uh, he's the recruiting guru on this uh, Memphis football beat. I figured I'd bring in a real expert in for this podcast uh, to, to give us the uh, the lowdown on who signed early for Memphis and, and how the Tigers recruiting class is shaping up. Jonah, thanks for joining us. Uh, first off, I guess just what, give us your general impressions of this recruiting class from Mike Morbell and his staff. Well, so far it's been different than in his other classes. There haven't been really any big surprises so far. It isn't a super highly rated class because of the numbers they have to take in. They're taking less guys than they have, and then they've lost some guys they wanted, which has happened in the past, but so far it's just been less good and more of just question marks because of the early signing period. I think that a lot of people in college football may not have necessarily been as prepared for it as they could have been because it's different. It's different than what people are used to. There's been a lot of coaching turnover. A lot of things have changed. Guys are waiting. Guys are signing early. It's it's just different. So Memphis's recruiting class is different. And I think that people are overreacting a little right now. And the late signing period will calm people down a little bit. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it's interesting talking to Norvell yesterday after practice. I mean, this was, it's, it's, it's just been such a whirlwind for these coaches the last few weeks. You know, you had, you, you only get three weeks of in-home visits after the season ends and Memphis only got two because it went to the championship game. And then you're also prepping for a bowl game now with the pressure of the early signing period. There's, it seems like there were some unintended consequences uh, to this rule change that were not advantageous for coaching staffs to evaluate kids and, and, and in some cases, maybe kids, you know, having to rush a decision because of this early signing period. Have you, do you like this early signing period, Jonah, as a recruiting no. expert? No, it is poorly thought out, poorly executed. It is just not good all the way around, which is just par for the course with the NCAA. It is, it made no sense to do it in December. It made no sense at all. If you're going to do it, why not do it before the season? Set up a recruiting period that go, that leads into a signing period that won't rush everything because everybody's rushing. Everybody, People are in bowl games. Like you said, Memphis is bowl prepping for Iowa State now. They had the championship game. Why are they being punished on the recruiting trail? Because they have a bowl game and they have a, cha- a championship game. The same could be said for UCF and other teams that did the same thing. It's not, it was poorly thought out. Why not do it in December where it doesn't interfere with fall practice, where it doesn't interfere with what you're doing. It doesn't interfere with prep at all. You just set up a recruiting period that will lead right into it. Then kids who are ready to sign early, like, okay, maybe I'm ready. I've already shut my recruiting. Like Brady McBride, 
Brady McBride's a perfect example of who the early signing period was set up for. He told teams a long time ago, I'm 100% committed to Memphis. I'm not talking to any of y'all. And now he's just been sitting around on his hands waiting to sign. If there had been a recruiting period in September, he would have signed already. And Brady McRide, for those who don't know, he's the quarterback recruit in this class. And Mike Morvell's very high on him. You watch his highlight tape. He's, he's a kid who looks like he'll have a chance to compete for that starting job that Riley Ferguson's uh, vacating due to graduation. I mean, he can, he can move in the pocket. He's got a good, accurate arm. He, he strikes me as the type of kid who, if he was, you know, an inch or two taller, I think Norvell has said this, if he was an inch or two taller, you know, there'd probably be a lot of power, a lot more power five teams going after him. Let's start with him. What's your evaluation of, of Brady McBride, uh, Jonah? What do you think of him? So when I talked to him a few weeks ago, I asked him to give me a comparison. Give me a comparison of who you think you are as a football player. And he said he didn't like to do that in the first place. But if he said anybody, it would be kind of like a Baker Mayfield type player. I'm not saying he's that talent level, but that's kind of who he reminds you of. He's creative. He can move around in the pocket. He'll make just about any throw you ask of him, but he's short. He's going to have to work hard. He's going to have to do what this coaching staff asks of him. But I think it's a tremendous fit because this coaching staff can take him and mold him into what they kind of want to do. And I don't know if he'll compete for that starting spot next season, but he'll be a name Memphis Tiger fans are going to be familiar with by the time he gets onto the field. Yeah, and I, while when we're recording this, I think I believe Memphis has ten guys uh, signed early. How many do you expect them to sign early total here during these next couple days? Uh, uh, I think there's only one or two missing. I expected it between eight and twelve, so anywhere in there wouldn't surprise me. If it goes over twelve, I'd be shocked. Gotcha. Any of these? Any out of these ten or twelve the guys you expect to sign? Who's who really aside from McBride, who really stands out to you as guys who, you know, could really contribute right away to this team? Um, I don't know. I, I think Quindell Johnson's name Memphis fans need to get familiar with. He's a safety out of Louisiana. He's got long arms, he's athletic. Um Titus Jones, who was committed to Memphis back in April or March, I think. No, maybe it was April. And since then he's gotten offers from Arizona, Houston at SMU, but he stayed committed to Memphis. And then, whew, man, they've got so many good names in this. They they did lose two over the last three over the last few years. I think Jeremy Tate and um, mm-hmm. I think yeah, Antoine six, four, six four receiver sounds like a guy that the type of player they don't have on the roster right now. Yeah, they they're outside of Demonte Coxie, they're really lacking that physical receiver. And I think Jeremy Tate can kind of slide into that role. I don't know how much he will contribute as a freshman because they're kind of stacked at their wide receiver position, but down the road under this coaching staff, under David Johnson, he could potentially be a guy who plays a lot for the Memphis Tigers. Any of the, they've got three junior college guys signed today, wide receiver, Antonio Gibson, uh, linebacker, Keith Brown, Jr. And, Defensive end Keith Brigham. Brigham and uh, Brown, they added here late. Gibson back in November. Do you know What do you know about them? Um, I know the most about Gibson and Brown. I, I've Everybody I've talked to is very, very high on Keith Brown. Gibson is the highest rated of the group. Um, technically, through the um, ratings, he is the highest rated person in Memphis's class right now. Um, he's a 6'2 wide receiver. 
I don't know. His numbers aren't like amazing, but JUCOs are they run the ball a lot. Some of them don't pass a ton. Um, they have a lot of wide receivers. So Memphis likes him. But the one that really stands out is Brown. He put up all the stats at Northwest Mississippi. Everybody I've talked to loves him. He can play inside or outside. I, I think they're gonna I think he's a guy that will play right away. Yeah, sounds like sounds like a guy you could slot in that hole that Jannard Avery is uh leaving uh after this year. Um oh, for sure. potentially. Um well you mentioned it at the beginning. There's you know Memphis here, it's an interesting dilemma Memphis was in because the success they had during this season and they've had under Norvell and with Norvell coming back got them in the door with some bigger prospects here late. Um, and so far, unfortunately, they've kind of swung and missed. But at the same time, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to give them too much flack for that just because, you know, to me, these were guys, you know, who they swung and missed on who would have been, you know, would have been great if you got them. But I don't know if you're necessarily expecting any of them. I mean, they got they, you know they, they, let's we'll just I'll just run them down real quick. There was quarterback Jerry Bohannon, who was a four-star quarterback recruit from Earl, Arkansas. Uh, on Tuesday, he picked Baylor over Memphis. Um, you got ju- junior college defensive tackle Charles Cole. Um, he picked Kansas over Memphis on Tuesday. They tried to flip local uh, Whitehaven uh, defensive lineman slash linebacker, Devin Robinson. Um, he'd been committed to Mississippi State and ended up sticking with that commitment to Mississippi State. And then you got two players at Cordova who were coached by new Memphis assistant Anthony Jones, uh, Jerome Carvin and Jeremy Banks. Carvin, an offensive lineman, Banks, a running back, and they both committed to Tennessee. Um so obviously it's not what you, you know, you didn't, you didn't hit on any of them. And then you had, I guess, a decommit in uh defensive back CD Daniels, um, who, who he'd been committed to Memphis since July and announced he's reopening his recruitment. Um, you mentioned at the top that Pete, you know, it is, you know, when you look at it on the surface, it is concerning, but you know, in my opinion, it seems like part of it, you know, it's just these are guys you chase, and if you hit on one, it's like a big, big deal. But at the same time, you know, I talked to Norvell earlier. I mean, you're not necessarily counting on getting any of these guys. And I think if you look at each individual circumstance, I mean, Bohannon's a guy they came in on real late. The Cordova kids, you know, going to Tennessee, you know, picking Tennessee over Memphis, you know, isn't necessarily the end of the world to me. And same with, um, Devin Robinson sticking with Mississippi State. I mean, it's going to always be hard for Memphis to win recruiting battles against the SEC. But what's your take on the situation? Um, how do you view things, Jonah? So I view it in the same kind of sense that if they had nailed on any of these guys, that um, it would have been a class changer. It would have rocketed up their ratings. It would have been a massive deal, especially since some of these guys are local. Gary, Jerry Bohannon was a guy they. Kenny Dillingham and Dan Lanning worked to get in there late, and they worked to get in there. And they were his second school. If he wasn't going to Baylor, he was going to Memphis. So, I mean, that's a big deal for a four-star dual-star quarterback who's ranked 229th in the nation. He had offers from Alabama, LSU, just about everybody was coming in at the beginning to get in on Bohannon. And Memphis was able to get in there and say, hey, you're 30 to 45 minutes away. Let's work on this. And so they missed, but it's still a 
a good indication of this staff's ability that they were able to get in there. I think a lot of the concern over all of the rest of those names is, okay, they missed their big names, but yeah, but those are local kids. And I think that's why we've seen me and I, my Twitter feed's been blown up ever since I even picked up the phone because um, they're local guys. They're from Memphis. They're right in the backyard. They shouldn't, people have the opinion, okay, they're in our backyard, so they shouldn't leave. But as you said, it's always going to be tough for Memphis to get kids over the Tennessees, over the Vanderbilts or the in, even Indiana. Indiana is in a P5 conference. They came in and they pulled three kids out of Memphis. It's tough. But until Memphis is able to overcome the last like 20, 10, 15, 20 years of just bad football, poor to mediocre to okay football, they are going to struggle recruiting locally because their reputation isn't wasn't at its lowest anywhere besides Memphis when Fuente took over. Norvell and Fuente made gains, but the next step in Norvell's um, Memphis tenure will be how to figure out, okay, how do I rope off Memphis? How do I make sure the Carvins, the banks, don't leave the city? Yeah, and I just don't think that's actually possible um, when you're not a Power 5 school. I mean, to me, the success of this program has been built on out-evaluating these schools. You know, you get the Anthony Millers of the world, you know, the, the you know, guys who get overlooked, and you've, you've hit on them. Because um, to me, if you're going head-to-head against the SEC, especially at a school like Memphis, where let's be quite frank, you know, if Mike Norvell keeps having the success he's having, it's not like he's going to be here forever. And that's something recruits think about, too. Um, so to me, it's like to, to, to worry about them not hitting on some of these, these guys who were more highly, you know, maybe more highly rated who they came in on late. You know, to me, it's a good sign that they were able to in the last three weeks, just based on the reputation that the school has now as a football team, as a football program to get in on these guys to be finalists for them to me speaks more volumes than whether they, I mean, I guess, you you know, obviously if they got them, it'd be a big deal. But to me that, you know, you're going to ultimately the success of this program is going to be built on out evaluating, you know, other teams, not, you know, out recruiting them necessarily. For sure. And I think they've, that's something that this class is a good testament to that. Okay. Some of the lower guys like Chris Clark and Jeremy Tate are two, two stars. Brigham's a two star. He didn't have a ton of offers coming out of junior college, but Memphis has evaluated them and they feel comfortable and that they these guys are going to step in and produce right away. Um, yeah. And, and let's, let's be clear. There are some local guys in this class, Tyler Beatty, um, from Briarcrest, is he? Do you think he'll sign during this early period? Or is he going to wait till February? Um, he originally, a few weeks ago, was going to wait. He was going to wait until February. Um, last time I talked to him, he was still making up his mind. And I still, I'm expecting him to sign late, but he could have changed his mind. He was supposed to official visit Missouri over the weekend, but he ended up talking to Ravel and Ravel told him, "Hey, this is where we want you to be." And he decided that Memphis was the right fit for him. Um, he, I haven't spoken to him since then, which was probably Thursday. And I still don't think he's made up his mind. Um, but that kid is, I mean, he's awesome. They, they're expecting him to come in and fill a Tony Pollard like role. He'll play running back. He'll play slot. He'll return kicks. Um, 
and he's been a he's been electrifying at Briarcrest. So keeping him in the fold is important. If he, they were able to get him in the early signing period, that would be fantastic. And they also have Lausanne linebacker Niall Love as a commit. Um, sounds like he'll be a late guy too. Yeah, all right. he's gonna be a late guy. Yeah. Um, and, and just in general, I'm curious. Any guys? You know, there's there's some other names out there. Emmett Gooden, who's a four-star defensive tackle, JUCO defensive tackle. Nick Dawson, another JUCO D lineman. Uh, Tim Faison, uh, a JUCO linebacker. Uh, Jeremiah Salam, a, a defensive back from Florida. Maybe Olive Branch cornerback Jalen Reed, who decommitted from Mississippi State recently. Isaiah Johnson, another JUCO defensive lineman who uh, – who visited recently. Do you have any good vibes, any insight into those guys? You know, whether um, you think how good a shot Memphis has with them. There is one more defensive tackle. Um, I think this is, I'm not a hundred percent sure that's how you say it. There's Amadou Fofana. Memphis hasn't offered him, but Memphis and Oklahoma state, a couple of other schools have been evaluating him. He's not ranked in the two, four, seven composite yet. Um, but that's a guy to watch as well. But Jalen Reed, Jalen Reed is the one I think. And, Jeremiah Salam and Jalen Reed are the two guys I think Memphis has a legitimate shot at, as well as Isaiah Johnson and Nick Dawson. Um, those four guys right there, I think they'll get two of them. Jalen Reed, um, decommitted from Mississippi State. I th- he has official visits set up to Memphis and Oregon. I think Ole Miss is trying to get back in there. But I think with the sanctions and everything else, Going on, he may stay away, but we'll see as that um, develops over the next two months. And then you got Nick Dawson and Isaiah Johnson, both of those guys. They visited Memphis this past weekend, and I, they loved it. They were blown away. Um, some people are crystal balling them to Memphis right now, but that could change because Arizona is getting involved with Nick Dawson, and Isaiah Johnson has a couple other schools after him as well. Gotcha. I, I'll close with this, uh, Jonah. Who, uh, who is your favorite and maybe doesn't even necessarily need to be the best recruit, but in dealing with these guys and evaluating them and interviewing them, who, who's your favorite recruit uh, in this class from Memphis, whether he's signed now or will sign in the next couple months? Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell can play multiple positions. He was the co-MVP at the Mississippi um Alabama all-star game. He had three rushing touchdowns. I mean, he ran for 1,000 rushing plus rushing yards and 32 touchdowns and then threw for 1,010 touchdowns. And then his being recruited as a receiver or a running back by just about everybody, Mississippi or Ole Miss is trying to make a play for him. But he's a joy to talk to. He's a great kid. Um, If Memphis ended up with him, it would just be a great situation for him because I think he can step in right away and fill a hole. It's funny you mention that because when I was looking up stuff last night, putting you know to to for our coverage of of sign day, and I was just researching him. I go, this this guy sounds really interesting. He like honestly, I know you mentioned uh, Beatty is like a Tony Pollard type guy. Beanwell strikes me as a Tony Pollard type guy who can literally do anything you want. Um, what was interesting, I saw an interview with his high school coach, who actually thinks he could. He his high school coach seems to think he could be a DB at the next level. Um, oh, he can play any position. It's like a lot like Andre Thomas last year. Whatever position he wants to play when he gets here, I'm sure he'll be able to play. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Jonah, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, if 
If you guys aren't uh, checking out Jonah's coverage of Memphis athletics, you're really missing out. He does a great job for uh, Go Tigers 247. Um, you can follow him on Twitter, Twitter uh, at Jonah underscore Jordan. Um, and you should definitely check out his, uh, his work at uh, 247 Sports. Jonah, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, thank you to everyone else for joining us on another uh, edition of the Tiger Football Podcast. We'll, uh, we'll be back next week uh, to look ahead to the uh, AutoZone Liberty Bowl on uh, December 30th. A new episode of the Tiger Football Podcast posts each Tuesday during the regular season. You can also subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.